Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Viking Hot Takes. Welcome to week one. It's the Minnesota Vikings versus Cincinnati Bengals. It's the purple debut for Mike Zimmer's last defensive version of the Minnesota Vikings. This is his build with Patrick Peterson, Michael Pierce, Dalvin Tomlinson, Xavier Woods, and Bashad Breeland. If it all goes well, Zimmer could be here for another five years. I mean, we got a new kicker. We got a new punter. And we got a game to win on Sunday. Eric Thompson, how are you doing, my man? I am doing well. We are three days away from real football because uh, Lord knows we need something different than what we saw in the preseason. We need we need this Vikings team at full strength because uh, those three preseason games were kind of a, a struggle and a slog to get through. So we're going to see what the real deal looks like. Uh, hopefully kind of either direction or somewhere in between but i think we're gonna learn a lot on sunday to and you know it's a, it's a it's a winnable game at cincinnati a team that's still probably a year or two away but it's uh it's going to be a good litmus test because uh it's it's always tough to win on the road in the nfl and the, the vikings have proved that over the years so it's uh i i am absolutely pumped to get real football back in our lives and it's been fun to, to watch it tonight here with uh with the cowboys and buccaneers playing a really fun first half it's been a great football game today, too. I, I agree. I've been watching it. I know you have. We've got football season back, NFL kickoff. So let's kick things off here with our six questions. Dave, you've got the clock rolling. So, Eric, I'm going to start going a little old school here, taking a little pause to ask you about Adrian Peterson. He still is not on a team after 14 years in the NFL. Uh, the man's career might be over. I just like, how does that make you feel? Well, I mean, have you seen what's been going on in Baltimore with the Ravens? <laughs> you know, maybe it's not completely over. They're 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 scrambling to keep that's anyone true. there. I mean, it, that's. I mean, Baltimore looks like a Final Destination sequel with all the knees that are going out over mm. there. But I mean, if if his name isn't in the mix there, probably yeah, I think it's done. And it's that it's. Mm-hmm. I have a, a complicated relationship with Adrian Peterson, just both as a fan and, you know, kind of personally, like at, at one point, yeah. I believe I had no fewer than three authentic Adrian Peterson jerseys in my closet. I had the old school 2012 mm-hmm. one. And then when they changed the jerseys, I had to get it home and away with that one. Yeah. So, I mean, he's always been too. one of my favorite football players. And um, uh, a lot of people do know this. I have admitted this, but my, my oldest daughter's middle name happens to be Adrian. Um, you know, the, but that was I before the trouble that. he got into. The, yeah, so but that was before the trouble he got in the field. So now, if my daughter asked me, you know, growing up, you know, I'll just have to tell her I'm a really big Rocky fan or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. So I mean, it, he he's always going to be one of my favorite football players of all time, yeah. especially for the Vikings. I mean, he hit AP. It is absolute absolute prime is is it was just a thing to behold i mean no one could run the ball faster harder stronger than him i mean i i still think barry sanders mm-hmm. is probably the best running back i've seen in my lifetime but adrian peterson might be the most naturally gifted running back and he's definitely up there in the top two or three so i mean i think it's it's kind of bittersweet for me he's, he's always going to be one of my favorite vikings football players but i think he kind of became the 
the the final kind of eye opening version of you know don't get to know your heroes too well or don't meet your heroes. I mean, because it's that's it's the off the field stuff does tarnish his I think long term legacy, but there's there's no doubting what he did on the field here in Minnesota. Yeah, you know, he definitely, I I don't think I can disagree with anything you said there. I mean, he was a definition of a flawed hero. And in both of those words just ring so true when it comes to Adrian Peterson. Flawed in certain ways and absolutely heroic for what he did on the field for the Minnesota Vikings for those those 10 years, a decade of Adrian Peterson. Um, where, I mean, he was the only guy, a team with terrible receivers and even worse quarterbacks, you know, a man who battled back from knee injury, severe knee injury to post the second best season of all time amount running backs. You know, um, it's it's a wild for him to be just such a mixed emotional bag for Minnesota Vikings fans, because there's no denying both sides of that story. Yeah, and the, uh, that 2012 season was absolutely incredible. I mean, Christian Ponder, he brought Christian Ponder mm-hmm. to the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, I mean, that was pretty incredible. Well, for my first question, yeah. we're going to go a little more modern. Uh, the, the news of the mm-hmm. day or news of the week is Brian O'Neill's big contract extension, putting him right up there with the top right tra- tackles in the league. Um, base, my question yeah. is pretty simple. Will his big contract extension be worth the money? Uh, five years, 92 and a half million, uh, 53 million guaranteed. It's a lot of money, but like, who else are we going to give this money to? You know, Bingo. What, what other Viking is more deserving of a second contract? And, you know, Eric, we have this idea in society that rarity is valued. Uh, rare items fetch a higher price. Nothing is more rare in Minnesota than a competent offensive lineman. Okay. Absolutely. The dude has allowed five sacks in 46 games. If Brian O'Neill doesn't live up to this deal, I'm not going to sit here and say they made a mistake. He's been solid as a rookie. He's made significant steps his first three seasons. So, you know, for him, now it's time for the next step. It's time for leadership. And I think he has that in him, too. So I think it'll be worth the money. Yeah. I mean, unless his long-term health becomes a major factor, if he misses, you know, Mm -hmm. if he has some sort of really bad injury or something like that, and he takes a big step back, I think it's going to be Mm -hmm. worth it again. I mean, that's, that's, I think you really, you, you touched on it. Yes. Yes. It's a lot of money to give a guy uh, right after his first contract, a former second round pick. But I mean, that's, I, uh, I believe it's Jalen Rose. I've always liked his statement. It's, it's, it's not, you don't Mm -hmm. get what you're worth. You get what you have the leverage to negotiate. And Mm -hmm. Brian O'Neill, definitely had the leverage i mean the vikings yeah. that's I, I and i've joked around it's like it now that we only have to worry about 80 percent of the offensive line because we got one side locked up we got that right tackle we don't know if derisaw is going to be you know good yet because he hasn't played yet uh bradbury is still kind of mm-hmm. out and the guards have always been an adventure but now that the vikings have that one piece going forward 
And if Darisaw works out, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, it's like a lot of first and second round picks along that offensive line. They could finally be building some, some semblance of uh, something dependable on the line. And yes, it was a lot of money, but again, you know, the, the, his contract is going to get leapfrogged over, over the next three, four years. It's always the, mm. the newest contract is always the best in the NFL because the, no, the numbers keep on going up. So I think overall, again, unless he misses a ton of time, it's, it's definitely going to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to bet on a offensive lineman, you bet on Brian O'Neill. For sure. All right, Eric. Question number two for you. Let's get on to week one. You know, Vikings at Bengals. Give me one offensive and one defensive X factor. Okay. Well, on offense... I, I already mentioned kind of last week, you know, the, I, I think the, the overall season X factors, whoever steps up as that third wide receiver pass caption option behind Thielen and Jefferson. So this mm-hmm. week, <laughs> I think I'm probably going to stick on that offensive line and say Ole Udo, because he's kind of the most yeah. unknown on, on that offensive line. I definitely think he's earned the spot at right guard. I definitely think he's a big, pretty big upgrade over Dakota Dozier, but, um, how much of an upgrade is really going to make a difference. And it, you know, the it's, it's not like the, in his prime Geno Atkins is right in the middle of that off the Bengals defensive line, but they, they're an improved unit. They should be a better defense than what they showed last year. And I think it's a good initial test to see if the moving him into the inside was, was a, was a good move. Not in, not only with the running game, cause I think the Vikings will definitely do a lot of that. And Delvin cook will make you look a lot better um, on and the run blocking, but the pass blocking, I think that's a really big thing. Again, we've talked about several times on this show that the easiest way to, to get to Kirk Cousins is up the middle. And if Udo can uh, start to make that part of the Vikings offense a little more reliable, I think that's, that's huge. Now defense. Um, I think probably we might have to go with Nick Vigil, the, the former Bengal. Cause I really think the, the way it sounds right now, as of Thursday night, uh, Bard didn't practice today and he was limited yesterday and basically he didn't practice because he was sore coming back from that knee injury. So either mm-hmm. it sounds like he's going to be extremely limited on Sunday or he might not play at all together. So that just leave, that's going to leave Nick Vigil to yeah. try to be that, that Eric Wilson, you know, do his best Eric Wilson impression. And I'm, yeah, we'll see he's if, in there. If, he's, if he's doing that. Yeah. I mean like that, he's going to have, he's going to get a lot of snaps and I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's, it's cause I think there's, there's a lot of new pieces already and, Adding vigil into that is is going to be probably an area that the the Bengals try to attack over the middle. With their they have three pretty potent wide receivers, so it should be interesting to see how vigil can step into probably a bigger role than he expected heading into the season. Okay, well, do you think that like Zach Taylor is going to attack vigil? Uh, like, how would they go about that? Well, I think he probably knows how to attack Vigil because Vigil was on the team last year. But like, I, it's mm-hmm. I think his I think Vigil has a lot of similarities to Wilson. I think he doesn't have quite the I think the extremes of Wilson's game. You know, where Wilson was so good in coverage, but really a big liability in run defense. I don't think Vigil is either to that extreme. But I think they share a lot of the same traits. Uh, Vigil's yeah. definitely better in coverage, I think, and against the run. So if they can maybe get Mixon or the tight end or and uh, maybe a slot receiver in in a mismatch on Vigil, maybe they'll go after him. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be the most interesting part of that Bengals offense is are they going to target our weaknesses or just, you know, try to run the ball with Joe Mixon? I mean, it's really hard to tell what this Bengals team is going to be 
good at. They're built to pass the ball now. We'll see if they actually do start doing that again right. after last year with Burrow back. Yeah, and with Mixon yeah. back because he missed what the last ten games of the season, I think, too. So they, right. they have they just just like the Vikings, they have a lot of pieces returning from injury last year. Yeah. Agree. Okay. All right. Well, for my second question, um, which I'm sticking to that defense, which new or returning, because we have a couple of pieces that are coming back, you know, they're getting the gang back together. Uh, which basically, which new piece in the 2021 defense will have the biggest impact for the Vikings on Sunday? So I, I think it has to be on the front line for what we were just talking about, you know, if they lean on Joe Mixon, then it's going to be key game for Dalvin Tomlinson. I think we can count on him to be involved on several run stops against uh, what looks like a weak interior offensive lineman. I think they have, you know, Quentin Spain and uh, it just in, in the interior there. So I think the Bengals will actually come out passing, which is really interesting because we don't know what this pass game looks like. They have Jamar Chase, a new addition with T. Higgins and Joe Burrow now. T. Higgins coming off a very good year and Tyler Boyd being a consistent wide receiver number three. Sure. So it kind of makes sense for the Bengals to use those guys against our cornerbacks and, and not go with Joe Mixon um, because they don't they don't want to play into their own weakness. So if that's the case, if they're going to pass the ball, we're looking at Daniil Big Game Hunter, and I wish this was a you know a, a more creative answer, but it's Daniil Hunter's first game back in almost two years. I see him getting his first two sacks of the season. I think he's going to be hyped. I want to see like seven pressures and three run stops, just a month's monster game from our star defensive end. Yeah, I mean that's it from everything we've seen from. Daniel Hunter in the preseason. It looks like he's going to, I wrote my uh, preview article. It looks like he's going to go John Wick on, on, on opposing tackles. Uh, I mean, he is just going to destroy worlds. I think that yeah. he looks like he yeah. is all the way back and that's, and, and you're right. I think the, the, in, the, the Bengals offensive line is a lot like the Vikings offensive line is it, it, like the tackles are okay. I mean, they got, they have our old friend, Riley reef. He's going to make the start at right tackle. And they have a former first round pick and uh, Jonah Williams on the other side at left tackle. So the, the, it's a solid bookends of tackle, but they are definitely still pretty weak. And they had the same kind of thing with, as the Vikings did, they kind of had addition by subtraction. They got rid of a couple pieces, but they're still pretty unproven in the middle. So I can definitely see that the, the mm. defensive line, but I, I'm with you. I think the, the, the Bengals are really going to, I think the, the the new interior defensive line is going to keep Joe Mixon in check, especially between the tackles. I think they're going to have to pass a lot more, and that's why I'm choosing uh, Patrick Peterson. I, th I think okay. that that yeah, um, like I, I think that the Cincinnati receiving core is it, it, it's they're pretty legit. I mean, again, we can make fun of Jabbar Chase and his all his drops in the preseason and his trouble with the size and the color of the football or whatever the story that came out today, but like. We should know better than to doubt first round picks from LSU. I mean, we, we saw it last year. No, no, you know, I'm not right, saying Chase right. is going to be as good as Justin Jefferson was last year, <laughs> but Chase is the fifth overall pick for a reason. I think he's going to be okay. And and Higgins and Boyd are legit. That is a good one, two, three combination. And Patrick Peterson and and Brashad Breland too. They're they're going to have to be on top of their game. I think they're both good corners. I think uh, Peterson is a really good fit for this Zimmer defense. I, I've really liked what I've seen from Breland in the preseason as well. 
Yeah. It's just that we're relying on a lot of new pieces and those pieces, you know, they can't mix up their coverage. They can't get beat deep because those, those three receivers can absolutely beat you. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see. I think uh, P2 and Breland, are, they're going to have to be on point right away. Otherwise, they could allow some big plays. I mean, we've seen a bunch of big plays in this, in this uh, Cowboys and, and, and Bucks game. Again, that's probably different caliber. And, you know, the Cowboys secondary is still kind of a mess the way it sounds. But, like, the, the, the Vikings could very well, if, if, if they're not getting their communication right and if they're not getting their assignments right, the, Buc- the, the Bengals could absolutely take advantage of that. So that's – I think as long as they keep everything in front of them, I, I think and with uh, Hunter and the, the weakness of the inside of the Cincinnati uh, offensive line, I think they can definitely keep Burrow in check and get to pressuring him and keep the Bengals from scoring a lot of points. But there's, there's always a p- potential for the big play. So that, that'll be interesting to, to watch in, in on Sunday. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a good matchup out there. Like you said, it's going to be so much fun to watch all these new pieces on the same field together. For sure. Let's get to the next question. All right. Eric. Let's just keep it simple on offense. How many targets for Justin Jefferson in week one? I mean, it better be more than week one last year. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I just still couldn't believe, you know, that it, it took to that, what was it, the Titans game in week three? It's like, oh, this, this guy's oh. good. Yeah, it turns out, yeah, you know, maybe yeah. we should give him some more snaps. So the, I, I don't think they're going to run into that problem. I don't think they're going to basically ignore him for the first two weeks. In, in mm-hmm. my mind, it, it, it better be at least in that eight to 10 range because okay. it, you know, there's no, yeah. slow, no slow starts this time around. I think, you know, the, the Bengals secondary, they're, they're another unit that's kind of, you know, at least on paper, should be a little better than last year but trey waynes who who went to the bengals last year still has not played in a single game for the bengals and it sounds like wild. he's already been ruled out and that, that is just nuts i mean i feel so terrible for like i i, I still th- i thought you know when mm-hmm. cincinnati gave him that new contract i was like all right that's that's fine i think they paid too much but to have him not play a single game and this will be game number 17 that waynes has been the bengal that's that's, that's a really true. tough break and, th- and that yeah. leaves uh, uh, Eli Apple, who's on his, I believe, his fourth team. Yeah, he was a first-round pick in 2016. Uh, his his career uh, pass rating allowed, according to PFF, is over 100. He's uh, hasn't really been that great. Uh, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna draw one of those straws with, between Thielen and Jeff- Jefferson and uh, Cheetah Bay Awuzie. I believe I'm saying it correctly. I hope I am. Um, yeah, he he's he's a new addition mm-hmm. as well. It, it, they, they have a lot of uh, new pieces. The, both those guys are new to the Bengals. It's a lot like Breland and Peterson, just with a little like, less experience than previous success. I think so. It, that's yeah. um, covering them when the, uh, when Jefferson and Thielen are outside. That's, that's going to be really tough for them. And what I do like the the one player that I'd watch out for um, is is Mike Hilton. I think he's a pretty darn good slot corner. The, the Bengals okay. picked him up from Pittsburgh. Uh, he he was a pretty good performer in that Pittsburgh defense. Again, you wonder how much of it is the the Tomlin and Pittsburgh defensive system they're usually pretty sound in that secondary so maybe he uh, won't have quite as much success with the Bengals but so maybe things across the middle will be a little tougher but I mean Jefferson can get it open on anyone that's if if you give him unless you're blanketing him up the entire game and you're just make Darren Thielen and whoever else to beat you I think Jefferson's got to get his target so that's that's I'm, yeah. I'm looking for him to get in that eight to ten target range uh, get him a couple red zone targets Maybe even try to get creative, do some of those you know, the the Tyree kill kind of things where you're it's technically a pass, but it's basically a glorified jet sweep kind of thing like that. Just get the ball in your playmaker's hands because that's the the 
the Vikings have three playmakers on the offense, three certain playmakers on this offense. They have Jefferson, they have Thielen, they have Dalvin Cook. Those three better see a lot of the ball because everything yeah. else is kind of an unknown to week one. So, I mean, what 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 are you comfortable with? Are you are that are you still thinking that eight to ten range? Yeah. You throwing it to him like every first down? What are you doing? Man, I think like eight to ten might be too low. That's, yeah, that's like, my starting point. That's ten, more is absolutely okay. It has to be at least eight to ten for me. At, I love this question because it's about our favorite player right now. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, everybody loves Justin Jefferson, but it like it also looks into his matchup. Like you said, easy matchup. It looks into the offensive coordinator. Okay, like this has to be like a wrinkle for Clint Kubiak to clearly add to this offense. If he knows his personnel, he'll be able to see this matchup easily and take advantage of it. I mean, what is the offense this year? I think we're gonna learn that the answer to will they feed Justin Jefferson like they should at 12 targets for me. Okay. I like like Dalvin, I know Dalvin's going to be an option, probably option a, but like, I want to see them target Justin Jefferson with intent early and often. He might have the most targets of his career in this game. That's what I'm looking for. I, yeah, I mean, we're. N- I don't think we're going to leave this game saying, "Hey, uh, I, I don't." I think they threw it to Justin Jefferson too much. You know, I don't think we're going to leave. Right. That yeah, that. exactly. The more the better. All right, we got oh. one minute left on the clock, so we got to make this last one quick. Easy one. What's it. your What's your final score prediction for Sunday? Um, you know, no exclusive, no excuses. Week one this year. Uh, you know, there's a t- chance this turns out to a shootout, but the offense should operate unhindered. I'm going to say Vikings 30, Bengals 21. So nine-point win for our Vikings. Okay. Well, I I think, I mean, I already wrote this. I posted it in my week one prediction on Daily Norseman uh, Mm -hmm. earlier today. But I think it's going to be a little bit of a rock fight. I think this is both teams are still going to be working out some of the kinks. I, I trust the Vikings defense is going to improve. I don't think the Bengals are there yet. I still wonder about this Vikings offense. They just I'm, I'm trying to get the preseason out of my head because they weren't full strength, but I think they're going to have to work out some of the kicks. There's going to be some frustrating drives. There might be a couple stretches where it just looks like they aren't clicking. But overall, I, I, um, I'm still picking the Vikings. The, j- just beat the spread, though, 20-16. to 16. I'm going to take the under and like hey. Let's go. Great takes. Well said, Eric. And thank you all for watching Vikings Hot Takes. It's Thursday night, so we're going to get you back to the second half of the game, Cowboys versus Buccaneers. But if you liked listening, tune in to the Climbing Pocket Network. We're going all week long before and after the big game on Sunday. See you on the other side, Eric. Can't wait. We'll see you. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.